Well, good morning, church. We're so glad that you're here. Welcome to Woodlands Church, where we are one church in several locations. And we know summertime is typically a time where new families are moving into town and trying to find their home church. And so if you are new here to Woodlands Church, let me be the first to say to you, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. And we want to help you get connected to the family here at Woodlands Church. And so I'm going to invite everyone at this time to go ahead and grab your programs out. And you'll find a little insert in there called the Get Connected Card. We'd be so honored if you're new to Woodlands Church or you've been coming to Woodlands Church for a while and haven't yet got plugged in. Take the time right now to fill out that Get Connected card and then you're going to drop that off in our offering baskets during time of offering a little later in the service. And that's just our way of helping you get connected here at the church, helping you be able to use the gifts and the talent that the Lord has given you and also helping you get plugged into a life group and just further into the lifeline here at Woodlands Church because connection is obviously such an important part of the church experience and we want to help you get connected. And summertime at Woodlands Church is an incredible time of connection. We've had incredible programs and mission trips and camps and things going on, especially for our youth over the summer. But we have one of our most popular and powerful events coming up July 29th through August 1st. It is our church's VBS, our Vacation Bible School. And if you have a three-year-old through fifth grader, I'm going to tell you that you need to get your students signed up for VBS and their friends, okay? If you're anything like me, you can probably remember when you were a kid going to the local churches, VBS. I still remember some of the scriptures that I memorized during that time, doing scripture memory so I could get that baseball card and that really bad stick of gum, do you remember right? Or whatever it was, but those foundational principles are still in me and we want to make sure that your little ones and your kids still have the opportunity to have that foundation built for them as well. And so don't miss Vacation Bible School. There are literally hundreds of kids signed up. It's going to be in the thousands when we're all said and done. God uses it in such a powerful way, and it's such a great way to beat the heat at the end of the summer for your kids. They get to come Monday through Thursday for a powerful time, and we have water slides every day for them to do, inflatable water slides. It's a ton of fun. They'll get to grow in God's Word. It's a space-themed VBS where they're learning about the out-of-this-world promises that God has for their life. And if you don't have a little one, but you've got some time on your hands, we would love you to consider coming and volunteering and serving at VBS because we need your help. It's real easy. Just go to wc.org, click on the kids section of our website, click on volunteer at the top right there, and we'll start you in the process of serving and being a part of the powerful life change that happens every summer at VBS. Well, we're right in the middle of summer, and that typically means for us that Pastor Carrie and Chris are on their study break so that they can focus on planning, and preparing for what's going to be uh, the most powerful fall in Woodlands Church's history. So they're in the middle of doing that, but we are starting a brand new series called God Connection. (laughs) I'm just telling you, you better buckle up today because it's going to be a different experience than maybe what you're used to in coming to church. We normally kind of have music, and then we worship through hearing God's Word and a worship time of offering, and we kind of have them in order. Today, it's going to be kind of all intermingled together. It's going to be a powerful service as we focus by uh, a powerful message by pastors Josh and Stephen Shook talking about worship and what is worship and how do we respond in worship. You're really going to enjoy today's message. And then next week, our teaching pastor Lee Strobel is here with best-selling author Mark Middleberg talking, doing a message on the objections that we have to connection with God and kind of doing a Q&A type message. It's going to be really powerful, a great weekend to invite a friend. And so we are in the middle 
starting today a powerful series called God Connection. I know you're going to enjoy it. So let me just encourage you right now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the service because you're about to be blessed. We're so glad you're here. Well, good morning, Woodlands Church. How are you guys doing? All right. All right. It's 1130. That was a little unenthusiastic. So we're going to be talking about worship today, and I'm so excited about it. But before we do, there's something I've always wanted to do. All right. So you're going to have to indulge me. You're going to have to participate a little bit. And like from that previous response, I know it's early, but I know you guys have the energy. So do this with me. Ba, 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 all right. You guys are musical. Ba, 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 ba. I heard someone over there. Ba, 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 Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Give yourselves a round of applause. So that is something that renowned jazz vocalist Bobby McFerrin came up with as a way of interacting with his audiences. See, he discovered that no matter where in the world he was performing, every audience got that. Every audience understood innately the pentatonic scale. So how many of you knew you could sing the pentatonic scale? How many of you knew that the pentatonic scale was a thing? But you sang it. I showed you two notes, and you just immediately jumped, and you knew. Why is that? Why is there something about an, an octave being split into five notes that we all just get? Why? doesn't matter what culture you come from or where in the world you're from. See, I believe that God has placed the language of music in all of our hearts. But more than that, I am certain that God has placed within us a deep desire to worship. So would you stand in honor of God's word? And I'd like to uh, welcome everybody worshiping with us at our Atascacita campus, our North Point campus, and our online campus, and all around the world through our TV ministries. We're so honored and blessed that you're joining us. So let's look at Romans 12.1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that 
<laughs> so often I think of worship and I have my own definition of it. And so often I settle for a definition of it that isn't from you, that's incomplete. And because of that, I miss out on all of the blessings that come from a life of worship. So God, I ask that you would just open the eyes of our hearts so that we could understand what that means. I ask that you would speak clearly through Stephen and I, that if we say anything that isn't of you, that it would just go in one ear and out the other. God, we are entirely dependent on your truth and on your spirit. And so I ask that you would speak through us using your word. In your name we pray, amen. Well, would you underline that last phrase, this is your true and proper worship? See, I love this verse because it tells us what worship is. Worship involves your entire life. So let's begin by asking, what is worship? All right, worship is more than just a song on Spotify or on the radio or even music that we hear here in church. If you would, go ahead and look to Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 in your notes with me. And here Jesus tells us exactly what worship is. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You see, Jesus clearly labeled this the greatest commandment because he was making it clear that worship is our most important purpose in life. We were made to worship God. So what is worship? What were you made for? At its core, here's what worship is. Worship is expressing your love to God. You can go ahead and fill that in. But is there only one way to express your love? Is there only one way to worship God? Well, no. You see, just like any loving relationship, be it with a sibling or a spouse or a boyfriend or girlfriend, you'd be in deep trouble if you only expressed your love in one way. Guys, it doesn't matter how many flowers that you buy her if you never say anything about it. If you never say those three little words, I love you. You see, we express our love in countless ways. We express our love through obedience by honoring God's word and treating others how we want to be treated. And we also express our love by treating others, you know, and, and speaking well and highly of God to others. That's one way that we treat others well. It's one way we express our love to God. You see, I, I have to admit, I love it when my wife, Caroline, is talking me up in front of my buddies, not saying it happens all the time, but you know that feeling, can you relate? Whenever you know, he or she is talking about you or they compliment you in front of your friends and you try to play it cool, like, guys, I'm right here. Come on, stop it. <laughs> but on the inside, you know, it really is a great feeling to have someone care enough about you that they would speak highly of you to others. And so, wow, just how much joy must that bring God when we speak highly of him to others? That's another way that we worship. We also worship through giving our time, giving our resources to further his kingdom. And of course, we worship by singing songs of praise. But Jesus says, if you're only singing songs of praise, and that's like your only way of worship, if you're only worshiping once a week at church, then you're missing the point. Because worship is meant to be a lifestyle. You see, this whole summer has been incredible with all the camps that we've had going on, and I've had the privilege of singing um, with our high school and junior high students. And let me just say, wow, they know how to worship. But as we're singing, there's this one song that it gets to me every time that we sing it. And my favorite part of it is the line that the students just have latched onto and declared with all their hearts. It's where we sing, if you want my heart, I won't second guess. God, because I need your love more than anything. I'm in. I'm yours.
I'm yours. I'm yours, God. It's not just a part of me. It's not just my singing voice, as great or mediocre as that might be. All of me is yours, God. So I surrender to you and just let your love fill my whole life. You see, you were made to worship. And if you don't worship God with your life, you're going to worship something. You may be seated. That's why the second of the Ten Commandments is so important. See, Exodus 24, 5 says, you shall not make yourselves any idols. You must never bow down or worship it in any way. See, an idol is anything we substitute for God in our lives. All throughout human history, men and women have worshipped idols. In biblical times, idols were made of wood and gold and stone. But really, an idol is anything we substitute for God, even good things. How many of y'all are Bob Dylan fans? No. <laughs> A courtesy woo, thank you. Um, uh, so I love Bob Dylan. He's one of my favorite songwriters. And my dad took me to a Bob Dylan show when I was in high school. And I remember as a high school student thinking, this is the worst show I've ever been to. And, uh, well, Stephen was there. How did, what did he sound like? Yeah, it was like, it was, uh, it was really good incentive uh, not to pick up smoking. Um, apparently there's some effects to it, but obviously he's an incredible writer, and he has this song that I love called Serve Somebody, and the first verse says, uh, you may be an ambassador to England or France. You might like to gamble. You might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. See, we deceive ourselves if we believe that we are not worshipers. We may keep the idols that we worship in the bank or park them in our garage or check up with them on our phone. It could be a relationship or a loved one. It could be an image that we try to present to the world. But the reality is that whatever you worship controls you. It determines your actions. And that's one of the ways we can know if we are living a life of worship to God is because we have to look at our, the, sorry, I get excited. We have to look at the decisions that we make every single day and the choices that we're making daily, and we have to ask ourselves, why? Am I posting things online out of a desire to portray myself in a certain way or to cover up my insecurities, or am I doing it to glorify God? Am I working out and eating right because I want to take care of the body God has given me and be the energetic husband and father he's called me to be and, and not be out of breath when I hop around on stage? Or am I doing it because my worth is dependent on my appearance? Am I spending money on things to distract me from my emptiness? Or am I hoarding money because I don't believe that God will provide and there's not going to be provision for tomorrow? Because either way, money is my idol because I'm expressing my devotion to it by the way I live. The object of my worship has the greatest influence over my daily decisions. I'll say that again. The object of my worship has the greatest influence over my daily decisions. And if you're like me, I can look back at this week and think, wow, God, I, I'd like to think I'm leading a godly life or uh, I'm honoring you with my life, that I'm worshiping you with my life, like you say in Romans, but... Man, 
a lot of the daily little decisions I make every day were because of something else and because of my own selfishness and to meet my own insecurities and to take care of myself. See, nothing is meant to take the place of God as the object of our worship because he's the only one who can meet our daily needs. When we worship someone or something other than God, it's destructive. So, there's another great American songwriter uh, named Post Malone, and uh, I think some of the students know who he is. <laughs> I don't know if they should, but if you don't know who he is, God bless you. But he probably says this better than anyone. He released a song last year called Rich and Sad, and it reached number 14 on Billboard's Hot 100, so a lot of people related to it. And here are some of the lyrics, and, and I don't recommend Googling it, so... I was living life, how could I have known? Couldn't listen to advice, because I'm never wrong. In the spotlight, but I'm on my own. Now they're all gone. All this stunting couldn't satisfy my soul. Got a hundred big faces, but I'm still alone. See, we are made to worship God. And if you don't worship God, you will worship something else. And if you worship something else, you will be left empty and alone. So how do I worship God with my life? That's what we're going to be trying to answer today. If you look at this verse in John, Jesus has just met the Samaritan woman at the well, and she basically asks which group of people worships correctly. You see, the Samaritans thought that you should worship on the mountain in Samaria, and the Jews believed that the only place to worship was in the temple at Jerusalem. So she asks him, but Jesus says, it's not about the place it's about your heart. Just look at this. He says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Go ahead and underline Spirit and truth. See, I love Jesus' answer because he gave us a new way to worship than what the world had previously known. She was asking, Where is the correct place to worship? And he responds with, it doesn't matter anymore. The time Jesus was referring to is after his own death and resurrection, when the Holy Spirit would descend from heaven and all who choose to follow him would receive the gift of eternal life. You see, and we're now living in that time. So if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit lives within you. You can go straight to God. You can have a heart-to-heart with him. You don't have to go to a place. You don't have to come to church to connect with God. He says you can be anywhere because you worship in spirit and in truth. And by worshiping in spirit, we can do that anywhere. And by worshiping in truth, what does that mean? That just means that we don't have to hide our sins from God. We just come to him exactly how we are. Yeah, And we want to give you three practical ways to worship God with your life. First, I have to bring my whole heart to God when I feel like hiding. See, sometimes we give pieces of our heart away to people, passions and dreams, you know, that take up our focus. Sometimes sin, pain, and loss can steal pieces of our hearts. And we feel incomplete. And sometimes we hold back because we know how broken our heart is and we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to risk rejection. But our God never gives his heart in pieces. He laid down his life for us. 
In Jude 1, he says, open your hearts because love is on the way. St. Augustine said, my heart is restless until it finds rest in you. My heart is only safe when God takes his rightful place as the object of my worship. See, he revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ. He doesn't hide himself from us. He became like us. He, he took my place on the cross. He doesn't play games with us. He invites us into his kingdom. He loves us completely so that we can experience what we were made for. I just want you to listen, really listen to the words of this song and think about how much your God loves you. And when I say how much, he completely loves you. An infinite God gives all of his love to you. Sometimes we have to uh, remind ourselves that our God doesn't give his heart to us in pieces and that he doesn't hide himself to tease us. Sometimes we have to declare that. And some, that's why we sing some of the songs that we sing here is to remind not only ourselves but our brothers and sisters in Christ that we have a good God. And yes, this world is broken and there's a lot of pain. But our God loves us, and he does not withhold good things from us. I love that scripture. He does not withhold good things from us. And so when we worship, a lot of times it's to remind ourselves that our emotions and the way we are feeling, our circumstances are always changing. But we have an unchanging, good, and perfect, and loving, infinite God. And that's reason to celebrate. Psalms 32.5 says, until I finally admitted all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them, I said to myself, I will confess them to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. See, he doesn't just love us completely. He takes away all the shame and guilt, all of our hurt, and he grieves with us. See, don't try to hide your broken, sinful places of your heart from God. He already knows it, and he loves us completely because while we were still sinners, before we were covered by his grace, Paul says that he came and died for us on the cross while we were still sinners, so how much more, if we have accepted that free gift of grace from him, how much more are we loved and covered by that since we can't, there's no place you can go that is too far from your Father's love for you. So I want us to stand together and sing and remember and think about how your God doesn't hold back from you, so let's not hold back from him. Let's stand and offer our broken, sinful hearts to God so that he can bring healing. And you may be seated. The second way that I worship with my life is to focus on God when I feel overwhelmed. Psalm 73, 16 through 17 says this, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood. See, this is David speaking. And here he was feeling confused and overwhelmed until he focused on God in worship and he got perspective. 
You see, when you focus on God and worship, you get a glimpse of how great and big that he is, and your problems get a lot smaller. And you get perspective. When we started writing for the worship album, which most of you have probably heard about, um, which many of you were here, it was uh, last November we recorded it. But you see, leading up to that, it was an overwhelming season. So has anyone here actually, raise your hand if this is a yes. Has anyone here ever written a song before? Yeah, I see quite a few. Um, who here thinks that songwriting is easy? Anyone? Hopefully all your hands went down. If it didn't, then I don't like you at all. But I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it's never been easy for us. But you see, most of these songs actually came together just a month before the live recording. And my dad had had a vision for this live worship album, for the Wooden's Worship, for years, but it really only became a real goal two years ago. And then, like I said, most of the songs came together a month before. The next song that we're going to sing came out of this overwhelming season. But I think it's just a great testament to God's perfect timing, how good he is how he can make an overwhelming situation calm. You see, when I was in high school, I played the drums in the marching band, and I taught piano lessons in my spare time. So I was a musical kid, was very, very bad at sports. Still am today, but I'm trying to learn. Um, but at some point, so I'm noodling on my keyboard in my bedroom, and I came up with this melody. I thought it was really catchy. It was like, da, 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 and just go over and over again. And I, I love this melody. I was like, oh, this is cool, right? Speaking of the pentatonic scale. Exactly. So any of you could have written this song. <laughs> so why didn't you do that? <laughs> no, but I, was, I immediately thought I need to make a song out of this, right? I mean... And at this point, though, in my life, I had zero songwriting experience or capabilities. I've written zero songs, except for actually a couple of songs that I wrote in middle school about my parents' dogs. Y'all, I was, I was a weird little <laughs> middle schooler, all right? I would write songs about dogs, for dogs, and I'd sing them, get this, to dogs, yeah. <laughs> but so, dog spelled backwards is God, oh. so... There was a seed there. There was something there, just did, had it all backwards. <laughs> just incredibly backwards. No, but anyways, I tried to make a song out of it. Didn't really succeed. I left it to the side, and then I uh, went to college, and I started writing more songs, not about dogs this time, and tried again, and wasn't happy with the result. Wrote like a really depressing folk song. I hope you never hear it. Um, but I know it's on the internet somewhere, and I'm gonna have to take that down as soon as this is over. <laughs> Anyways, one month before the live recording, our dad challenged us to write a song based on Psalm 121, which says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And for whatever reason, whenever he challenged us with that, the past couple of weeks at this point, I'd had that melody on my mind and I was trying to like come up with something new for it. And so I thought, hey, let's give this a shot, right? And sure enough, God brought it together. And within a day, had the majority of a song together. So I brought it to Josh, and he was excited about it. So we put together this bridge, and we were both really excited about it. Brought it to my dad, and 
he believed in it. And so now, you know, it's on the album. And in hindsight, it's just incredible to see how God has actually used this. And he's done so much more than we could have ever hoped or imagined. From two, you know, just mediocre songwriters. (laughs) But when he has a purpose, he can do anything with it. It makes me think of how you spent years sitting on that melody, yeah. you know, and you're trying to come up with it. And it doesn't always work like this, obviously. But for whatever reason, we tried to make something of it for all this time, and then God just takes it in a day, and it yeah. turns into something. And we've seen how he's used it for his glory, and he gets all the credit because, gosh, I mean, like Stephen said, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and... Uh, but we have a good and gracious God. Yeah. And so I, I just encourage you guys, whatever the song is or the melody that you have in your life that you, you, you keep saying, no, I'm going to hold on to this. I got to make this my own. Just give me a little more time with it. This isn't, things aren't right. Give it over to God. And I don't know what that looks like in your life. But I challenge you, and I know that there are people here, and you can immediately, when I said that, you thought of something in your life even I've been trying to fix this on my own forever, and this has been the thing that is taking up that place. And it's, it, I can't do it on my own. From experience, and that song is just one small example, mm-hmm. we know and have experienced how God takes those things, and when we realize their proper place, that they're, they're not the ultimate thing, everything falls together. Yeah. So we're going to sing this song together. And as we do so, I just want to encourage you to just focus only on God in this moment. You know, set aside yourself, the problems that you're facing, the people in your life even, just long enough that you can hear him speaking to your heart. Because I promise you what he's saying is, I'm bigger than this. I'm bigger than whatever you're facing right now. I'm powerful and I'm good, so hand it over to me. You see, when we focus on God, the maker of heaven and earth, our problems get small in comparison. Would you stand once again with us? You see, and there's a part of this song where we sing, here where sin and love collide, I stand in awe, arms open wide. You see, one of the ways that we can worship God while singing is by raising our hands. And for those of you who wonder why you might see others doing this, might see me doing it, is because for me it just symbolizes surrender to him. That's all it is. It just sometimes it helps me to give over to God whatever's in my life. But the thing is, it's not more spiritual or less spiritual to do so. See, worship is just between you and your God and your creator. So when you worship, I just encourage you, whatever it takes. You see, that was just one example, but you can worship in countless ways in your life, just like we've talked about. And as we're seeing, I just encourage you to focus in on God, hone in on what's important. And make sure whatever you're doing, however you're singing, that it's just for that audience of one. It's not for the people around you. It's just for that audience of one. So let's sing this together. Let's bow our heads right now. Maybe you came here today totally overwhelmed. But after worshiping, you have perspective because you've been reminded of how great and big and good your God is, the maker of heaven and earth. So this week, I challenge you, keep focusing on him. 
And when you feel overwhelmed, remember that God's love for you is not dependent on your feelings or your circumstances. And there's a reason why he needs to take that place as the object of our worship because it's what we were made to do. And of course things feel off when he's not. And he's so gracious with us that whenever, (laughs) inevitably, the storms of life come and we forget who we need to focus our eyes on, he's right there. And he reminds us in the most wonderful ways. And sometimes it is (laughs) through singing together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and some of you have been putting something other than God at the center of your life. Maybe it's a job or a relationship, and those things haven't brought the fulfillment that you crave. Today is your day to finally start worshiping the one you were made to worship. And some of you are weighed down with guilt because you have been hiding all of your brokenness from others and from God, and it's exhausting. And it's just time to admit it. We are all broken. And today is your day to give your whole heart to God. So if you have never prayed to receive Christ, pray this with me. God, I come before you totally admitting my brokenness and my hurt. There's so much I don't understand. But I know that I have made other things the object of my worship, even good things. I've tried to make them the center of my life, even blessings that I've experienced. It might be a a spouse who is, (laughs) just seems like a gift (laughs) from above or a, a friendship. It could be a job, something that you've gotten purpose from. But God, I've experienced how that thing has not filled me up. I've experienced how I still have a need for something greater than that, that those things, as wonderful as they are, can't meet the desire for eternity that you've placed in my heart. So God, again, there's so much I don't understand, but I know that I'm a sinner, and I accept your free gift of forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for me in my place, but more than that, that you raise him from the dead so that I could be set free from sin and shame and guilt, that I'm no longer held captive by these things that want my attention. I'm no longer have to worship other things that are going to make me feel empty because you revealed yourself to me through your son, Jesus Christ. And so, God, I ask that you would daily be with me in my daily decisions you would walk alongside me and so that I could learn to honor you and I could do what I was made to do, what I was created to. Thank you for the gift of your son and for the grace and mercy that abounds daily. You are so good to us. In Jesus' name. And in God, we just all come before you now in the midst of our struggles and our brokenness with a desire to worship you, not just with a song, but with our lives. And again, God, you are just so good and patient with us and gracious. And we thank you that you're not just a God who wants us to get our lives together so that you're not a doctor who just wants to fix us and send us on our way. 
God, you want us to have a relationship with you daily. You want us to make a daily choice to love you, just as you have made a daily choice to love us in the midst of our brokenness and our hurt and the things that we are most ashamed of, God. You know it all. And every single day, every single moment, you said, I love you so, so much. An infinite God giving his whole heart to us. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, you can be seated, but I encourage you, just stay in that mindset of worship for just a moment. Man, I'm so grateful for two incredible worship leaders like Josh and Stephen who remind us what worship is all about. But there's also a third thing that we need reminded of, and you can look in your notes for that part. There's a third way that we worship, and it's really by doing this. It's choosing to obey God, even when I don't feel it. Which is a big thing, right? Because every committed relationship we're in, every relationship that has value in our life, has feelings that come into it that are amazing, and then there's times when we may feel distant or the feelings aren't as prevalent as they are in other times. But a real meaningful, committed relationship chooses love, chooses what's right, even when we don't feel it. I love what the Bible says in James 1.22 when it says, do not merely listen to God's word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Take action. Let your love for the Lord be about action. But the truth is that oftentimes our bodies don't feel like carrying out the love that we have for the Lord. If I can be honest with you about <laughs> my fleshly side, there was a moment when we were standing up for the second or third song and my body was like, I don't want to stand up again. I was happy just sitting in my seat where I was. But I'm thankful that because of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that we've received in our lives, that we don't have to listen to our feelings anymore. That we can respond on truth and standing up and hearing the third word of the song, but that moment I was in and I was like, I'm so glad that I'm standing and I didn't listen to my body. Here I am in a moment of worship and praise. So guess what, body? You don't get to be in control anymore. I'm not just gonna listen to my feelings. Instead, I choose to live on truth. And the truth is that I know that God loves me, that he made a way for me to be connected with him for forever because of what his son accomplished for me on the cross. And can we consider for just a moment that just a second ago that many in this room received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior for the first time? That's amazing. That's truth, that people saw the truth and it pierced their hearts and introduced them into eternity. That's a powerful thing. And can I say something else to you? There's another truth that you need to be connected to. The truth is uh, that God is reaching the next generation through your faithfulness as a church. Wow, is it powerful what God is doing in the youth, isn't it? And it's because of your faithfulness. That's the truth. What you've been doing, what you've been bringing to the church, what you've been putting forward is a big deal. Because can I present another truth? Offering is a part of worship. Bringing our tithes and offerings to the Lord is a part of responding to the Lord in worship. You know, I actually spent some time this week looking through scriptures on offering and on the whole one-tenth. God says, bring one-tenth, one-tenth. He says it over and over and over again when he was setting up his people, bring one-tenth to me. And I went to that, I was like, man, what is that all about? And it was so funny as I went, and God said, you know what, I love each of you, I want you to bring one-tenth. Make sure that you put me first in your life. Show me that you love me, bring me your one-tenth. And then I began to look and say, well, what does God do with the one-tenth? Where does it go? What does God say to do about it? It's so crazy. 
He says, yeah, take that one-tenth and bring it to church. Bring it to me. Show me that you love me. Bring your one-tenth, and then what do you do with it? Just share it with each other. Bring your one-tenth, and what I'm going to do, I'm just going to let you then give it back to each other and share it and be something that you bring to show that your love for me and then use it to show your love for each other. And church, you've been doing that in a powerful way. I've gotten to see it firsthand this summer and going to our high school camp and going to our junior high camp and being a part of our fourth and fifth grade camp and seeing the way that the Lord has provided through you to let kids go to our summer camp program and be a part of the crazy amounts of life change that are going on. It's crazy what you've done and the part that you've played in that. You know what's funny is I saw that. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of as I was studying that and I was at 4th of July celebrating 4th of July with friends and family and we had the big 4th of July dinner. Maybe you had something like that at 4th of July or Thanksgiving or Christmas or whenever it was for you. But you know what's awesome about those big family gathering dinners is, is that everybody brings a part. Somebody brings the fruit salad. Somebody brings the meat. Somebody brings the mashed potatoes. Aunt Sally always brings the potato salad with a mystery item, right? And we're a little concerned about what that is but everybody brings a part. And it's important to get to bring a part, right? Because that's your thing. I know when my wife gets to bring a part to the meal, she takes so much time because it's gonna be for the whole family, but everybody brings a part. And everybody enjoys it together. Well, one of the things that struck me this particular 4th of July was when I saw all the grandkiddos and all the little ones, the next generation lining up to eat who didn't really spend any time preparing it, but they got to enjoy it and getting to watch the ones who had prepared it, being so excited when they wanted the green bean casserole from here and the hash brown casserole from here and this and that. And some of them, some of the little ones are starting to get to be a part of being assistant sous chef, right? And preparing some of the things, but for the most part, they didn't even know really who to thank. But watching them enjoy it was thanks enough for those who had prepared it, for those who had brought a part. Church, you've been a big part of life change this summer, and I know you don't always get to see it, but God is changing lives like crazy through your faithfulness. Just a week ago, I returned from our sixth and seventh grade camp in Arkansas. It is crazy what God is doing in the hearts of those kids. And I know you don't always get to see it, but you are a part of it in a big way because of your faithfulness. Let me show you just a little bit of what God's doing in the hearts and lives of the next generation through you. Just check this out. Is God good or what? Can we go to clap for him and what he's doing in their hearts and lives? It's amazing. I know numbers aren't everything, but I know each student matters to the Lord. Can I just tell you that because of what you've brought to the table, can I tell you a little, just one number of life change? Did you know that just between the three camps that we've already had, and by the way, another one leaves tomorrow, I mean, another one leaves today. 431 kids have followed Christ in baptism this summer. 431. Is that nuts? Can we consider what that's going to do in our community as there are kids who are putting a stake in the ground saying, I want to honor God with my life. You know what? For most of our kids, they don't know who to thank. They're just enjoying what's been brought to the table, but I know who to thank. Thank you, church, for what you're doing to raise up the next generation. God, we love you so much. Thanks for what you bring that we're able to share with each other. There's more to go this summer. 
more kids that we want to bring apart and be a part of things. And I promise everything that we continue to use, we're continuing to share amongst each other to make sure that not one kid misses out on the opportunity to be fed spiritually on what the Lord has for their life. So this is the part of our service where we continue in worship and our ushers are gonna come forward. Our students, I'm gonna invite back forward down here into the pit for one more song and we're gonna introduce a new song to you guys that you may not, it's not on the Woodlands Worship album, but it is a new song written by Josh and Stephen. It was our camp song this year. It's called Still Singing. And the whole heart of that song was really kind of centered around the, the heart of this message today, that worship is more than a feeling. It's choosing to live a life based upon truth. See, I'm so thankful. I've been married to my wife now 12 years, but it is crazy. If you've been in marriage, you've been in any kind of community relationship, you know that feelings come and go. But I'm thankful for this ring that I wear on my finger that just serves as a reminder of the committed relationship that we're in and the commitment to love each other, to do what is good even when we don't feel it. Because the truth is, is that we are committed to loving each other. And the truth is sometimes you will feel far from God. And you can, it can bring doubts and it can bring questions into your heart and your mind, but the truth is, is that God revealed his love to us when he sent his son Jesus down the cross for our sins. And so when God feels far from you, I know this is gonna sound harsh on some level, but good. Because you have a chance to grow up and mature in your relationship and make choices to love him even when you don't feel like it. That's what we do. That's what worship is. We obey even when we don't feel it. So I hope you enjoy this song as the offering comes. It's all about us giving God all of our hearts, giving him our hands, giving him every part of us as we continue to sing and dance even when we don't feel it. Let me pray over the offering. God, we love you. We do not say that lightly. That is not just lip service, God. We love you. And we know that we're able to love you because you first loved us. So God, together as a family, we wanna bring to the table what we have to give to you. Our one-tenth. That we might be able to share it amongst each other to continue to grow your kingdom, to grow your family to grow up the next generation and prepare them for the great purposes and plans that you have for their lives. So God, we willingly and cheerfully give back to you. We love you and we wanna show the love that we have for you by the way that we love each other. So God, we give this song and we give our offerings to you. It's in your son's time we pray, amen. Yeah, next week's gonna be amazing. We're excited. So if you have a question or you know a question that is keeping people from connecting with God, their objections to connection, submit that like you saw Pastor Lee say, or we have people out there that will take that recording. We'd love to hear from you. God is up to good. And by the way, if the Lord just put it on your heart to give an offering that's above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings to support the next generation, we have giving stations out there in the lobby that will go specifically towards that. You're welcome to do that. Or just on the giving online platform, you can just click that tab down, click on next generation and continue to support what the Lord's doing. And we're going to try to use every dollar to make sure that we just continue to reach new kids for Christ. Keep praying for us. We love you students. We have one more song for you to so hang around. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Let's go. Go USA. Hey church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.